In this episode, we recap the series against the Padres, preview the next one against the Giants, give our Cubs awards for the month of May, and answer the questions that you guys asked us. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Cubs One Podcast. Joining me, Cubs One, will be Cubs Legion, your co-host as usual. And to lead off this episode... We will be recapping the Cubs B team sweeping the Padres. Yes, the hospital squad. Um, you and I both predicted to only win one out of the series. Yeah, we and, were dead wrong about this one. And son, you like to be dead wrong about it. Um, yeah, I picked them to win the last game. With Ozile, and um, I thought that first two they'd lose. I think I I think I had him winning the second. I'm not sure. I I uh, on your story yeah for the first game I actually put that I thought the Padres were going to win seven to two, and the Cubs won yeah. seven to two. So that was kind of funny. Um, yeah. but a lot to game one. Yeah, there is. <laughs> yeah, game one, seven two Cubs win. You rock yeah. Paddock out of his shoes. Yeah, this was a uh, a bit of a up in the air game from the beginning because Trevor Williams had his appendix uh, removed, and um, yeah, so brought out Cole Stewart to make an emergency start, and he first, did really well. Yeah, his first start. In the majors, and I think like five years. No, I think twenty nineteen. I believe. Oh, maybe two. He's well, only he twenty five, I think. Well, he was drafted in like two thousand and I think two thousand twelve by the Twins in the first round, and uh, he's just been a bust basically his whole career. So they signed him over the winter, put him in the pitching lab, got him to work on his uh, sinker. And he came up and really shut the Padres down. Five innings with three hits, gave up one run, which is not earned. Yeah, that was an error by Bryant. Two Uh, strikeouts and a walk. So, very solid season debut. Indeed. Um, That was, that honestly was probably a better performance than we would have gotten from Williams. Maybe. Because, I mean, Trevor Williams, you know, he's been solid, but against good teams, he's really been hit hard. I don't know. Maybe it was a product of the Padres, like, not really knowing what they were going up against in Cole Stewart. Or maybe it was a product of Cole Stewart actually pitching well. Maybe a little both. You were talking about at the last episode of all these young guys coming up this year pitching good, and you think it's product of the pitching lab that's finally showing up from what we've been here in the last few years. Yeah, it uh, takes a few years for those things to really uh, like see the results. So, that's good. Because uh, like, if they can do that with the pitching, if they can like start doing this with pitchers and then they don't have to spend like top dollar going out every winter and signing new pitchers, that would really save them a lot of money for other stuff. Because you see what teams like Tampa Bay and Los Angeles and, you know, um, 
I was going to say New York, but they have Garrett Cole. Um, but, you know, those teams, like, they're able to go out and spend on other guys and make trades, and they don't really have to worry about the pitching so much because they develop it themselves. So if this pitching lab continues to be effective, and they, and they bring in these guys off the scrap heap and work them into starters or at least serviceable guys, that'd be really good. Yep. So, very good debut for Paul Stewart. Then after him, we brought in Keegan Thompson, who gave up his first earned run of the year on a Fernando Tatis opposite field home run. Yeah, Tatis, um, if you're going to give up your first earned run on the year, uh, that's the way to do it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Give up a, a home run to Tatis. Yeah, and then you'll see it from MLB throughout the day and the next day and the next day. So other than that, he did pretty well. Pitched yeah. 2.1 innings, had three strikeouts. Yeah, um, another good outing from Keegan, who wasn't really even supposed to be here this year, but he is. Um, and then on the offensive side of things, Baez absolutely crushing a 455-foot homer to dead center field to put the Cubs on top as it would turn out for good. In the, I think, yeah. third inning? Yeah, the bottom of the third. Two-run homer makes it 2-1 Cubs, and the stadium goes crazy. And it did the whole day. Yeah, the whole series, they said it was really electric. Yeah, I think Rizzo was talking about it, and I agree with him. When he said 60% really does feel like 90 or 100%. Yeah, yeah and they could, uh, they could get to 100%. Um, by June 11th, because I think the city is opening up to something like, I think, uh, to Phase 5. So that means no restrictions on businesses. So that could really, that could put it at 90 or 100 for the Cardinals series. And that'd be something. So, um, Baez hits, a, hits uh, two home runs in this one. Both are moonshots. Um... He's not the only person that hit two home runs. No, Patrick Wisdom came comes out of nowhere and uh, hits two homers as well, one to dead center field and one to right center. Um, just kind of, He was a former Cardinal in, the far, in their farm system, so... It only makes sense. Yeah, it only makes sense that he would come out of nowhere and torch the best team in baseball. So not much going on in the Padres' end other than Tatis Homer. Uh, yeah, they didn't so, do much, did they? Oh, not at all. Myers, uh, what did he do? I know he drove in someone. Um, I don't remember. Oh, that was on the, the unearned run. Yeah. Um, so, um, let's see. Baez, Wisdom, go deep twice. Bryant hits his 12th of the year. Yeah, Bryant shoots one to right field in the basket, and the fan drops his beer all over Will Myers. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That was very funny. Um, that's happened before. I've seen that. I think that happened way back in, like, the 1980s or something. Um, a White Sox player went back for a home run at Comiskey, and someone dropped their beer all over him. I remember that. 
I remember seeing that image very well in like a book or something. That's happened before though. It was very funny. Just getting doused in beer. Yeah. Um, going into the ninth hour, bringing Tommy Nance. Strikes also been machine. really good. Yeah, he shuts him down in the top of the ninth. And that last pitch he threw was really nasty. nasty. Yes, very, very much so. <laughs> um, cuts, cuts in at the zone at the very last second. Very like him. I'm seeing from him. That was definitely a. Um, that was definitely good to see, just because. Um, you know, just now. What was I going to say? Well, I guess Tommy Nance kind of an unknown. He's 30 years old. Now I remember. He's 30 years old, and, um, you know, no one really knows who he, who he is. He was brought up for depth, I think, after Steele got injured or something. But they brought him up, and he's been doing really well, and he's become a staple bullpen. So that's really another another success story for this bullpen. Just about everyone is... Just about, yeah, just about everyone is really pitching out of their mind. Um, there's so many guys in that pen. I was talking about this last episode. There's so many guys in that pen that just were nobodies before now. And the most recent, the the like, the first example that we saw of that was Rowan Wick, who was with the Padres actually, and he had like a six ERA, and they cut him or released him or something, and the Cubs picked him up off the scrap heap, and he became a really elite reliever and we haven't seen any of him this year because he's dealing with an oblique injury that he suffered last fall um yeah, both Wick and we came from Padres yeah and they are both doing really well I think Brad Wick pitched in game three pitched a scoreless seventh I believe so a lot of a lot of success yes. definitely a very different narrative from the past few years when their bullpen has really been their Achilles. Mm-hmm. Now moving on to game two. Cubs win this one or three. This was a and close game. Is, yes. Kind of so, a, a nail-biter. Patrick, Patrick Wisdom, the story, continues after he makes a bare hand playing the top of the second and hits a two-run shot almost onto Waveland in the bottom of the second. Yeah, have an inning, Patrick Wisdom. He made that nice barehanded play at uh, third base to end the inning. Threw a strike over to Rizzo, which we've seen Chris Bryant do many times, but for uh, basically uh, nobody to come up and do that. That's amazing. And then another homer. I mean, that's three and two games. That's pretty impressive, especially against the Padres. Yeah, and we were facing Weathers that game. He. He's a rookie, but he's been really good this year. Yeah, I mean, all the Padres rookies, all their pitchers seem to do really well. Except for Blake Snell. But, um... That was surprising, to say the least. I didn't really think he was going to do that again. And a no-doubter onto almost on a Waveland Avenue. Pretty impressive. I think he'll come back down to earth at some point, but, you know... Enjoy it while it lasts, I guess. Yep, so Cubs are up 
two to nothing at that point. And then we get on to the fifth inning now. And yeah. Kyle, um, Kyle Hendricks gives up a couple home runs, which makes it three to two Padres. Gave up one to former Cub Victor Caratini, which again, it only makes sense. And yeah. a two-run homer to Tommy Pham. Yeah, um, Kyle Hendricks, it seems like in recent years, he has these outings where he's really good, he's going along, and then he's kind of like one inning comes along and he gives up like two home runs in, the, in a matter of five pitches or something. And it's just like, whoa. And the game just turns on its head and you just think to yourself, what? I thought this guy was going to like shut him out. So... The home runs always. Yeah, he, it seems. He really had a low pitch count for this game. Yeah. Um, He's getting out quick. He always gets. He always like has that one inning where he just gives up like two or three homers. Weird. Very weird. Yeah. But that last not lead long or that lead did not last long. No, it did not. In the bottom of the fifth. Olsen Contreras absolutely crushes the two-run homer, 445 feet. Yeah, challenging. And the Cubs are back on top, four to three. Yeah, he challenges Baez for um, the longest homer of the series. Um, yeah, every ball the Cubs hit that were homers were just rockets. And yes, they just, they just all they're all piss missiles. Um, mm-hmm. So Contreras goes deep to make it four to three. And uh, then you kind of get into the later innings with the bullpen and everything. But I noticed that in, like, the seventh and the eighth, and I think even in the sixth inning, the Cubs had multiple base runners on, and they didn't get him in at all. And it was, I think it was uh, two on with one out in the seventh inning, and I think it was first and third in the eighth inning, and they didn't get any runs in. And it was just frustrating. And I thought to myself, you know, the home runs are great. But you know what they had been doing throughout the what they've been doing throughout this whole stretch is really winning by playing a lot of small ball, and you need to continue that against good teams like the Padres because those home runs aren't always going to be there. Now I understand that they're playing with like a Triple A roster right now, but um, you know I, it was for the first two games all the runs that they had were on homers, and um, yeah I just thought you know you got to put the ball and play more, but they won anyway. Because the bullpen just shut him down. Yeah, whatever it takes. So, getting to the ninth now, and Kimball just, he went off that game. He struck out the side. He's looked his, that was probably the best game he's had all year. That was the best game that he's ever had in the Cubs uniform. That's what Wilson Contreras said. And I have to agree with him. I mean, he touched 99 miles an hour. Um, He threw basically nothing but strikes. I'm pretty sure he struck out the side. Yep. So, uh, really a shutdown performance. In a one-run game against the Padres at Wrigley Field to win the series, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I was really impressed with that. Yeah, um, former Padre, too. A lot of people forget yeah, that's that right. for the Padres in 2015 for a short while. So the Cubs take the series early, winning the first two. And now we move on to game three, which pulled out the brooms as Cubs won six to one. Uh, very 
pretty interesting game we got here. Yeah, this was a close game for the majority of it. Um, I feel like I've been saying this a lot, but it's true. The Cubs playing these games that are really close, and then all of a sudden they're just out in front. Um, at least that's the way things have been going lately. So the Cubs, I believe, give up a run on a error of some kind. It was either that or it was a... I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember how the Padres got their first run, but I do remember that the Cubs tied it up in the um, fifth inning. Oh, that, that Kim got a two-out RBI. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, the Cubs tied it up in the fifth inning on an error um, to make it 1-1, and then the bases were loaded, and P.J. Higgins hit a pop fly to left field, and this is where it gets really interesting. <laughs> yeah, this is this is very confusing play. Yeah, this was very confusing, especially if you were listening to it on the radio like I was, but... Uh, it was it was just as confusing on TV. Yeah, on, on TV especially, but, you know, you couldn't see anything on the radio. But anyway, Higgins hits a pop fly in the left. So Kim is the shortstop, and Tatis actually, uh, I forgot to mention this, he left game two because uh, his oblique, I think, was hurting, or he had done something to it, and he was just out as a precaution. Yeah, Tatis and Myers weren't starting in the final game, but it evened it out because we didn't have Bryant or Contreras in the lineup. Yeah, they were resting for this big West Coast trip that we have coming up, but... um. So, anyway, Higgins hits a pop fly to left field. And let me picture this in my head. Kim goes out. Fam, Tommy Fam, who's a former Cardinal, actually, comes in. And he he's like, he's coming in trying to make the catch. Kim is running with his back to the infield, trying to do the whole, like, Willie Mays thing. Like, catches it over his shoulder, I guess. But he's running, he's running, he's running. And they just collide into each other. I don't know if anyone called it or not, but they collide. The ball, I think, goes in and out of the glove of Kim. I think Kim gets some leather on it. It go, it drops to the ground. So the ball's in play and everything. Kim picks it up, fires back in, and he falls to the ground with Tommy Pham. Um, they're both on the ground. They're hurt. The runner from third comes in. Um... To, and, to score, and there's well, there's one out in this inning. So at the time, it really seems like the Cubs have taken a 2-1 to one lead, and all that's happened is that there's been a nasty collision. Um, but what ended up happening was that the runners on first and second didn't move because they weren't sure if it was a sack fly or not because they couldn't see if the ball had been caught or dropped or what had happened to it, so they didn't move. So the Padres just threw... Just stepped on third and threw to second. There was a double play. No run scored. So on a play where no one caught the ball and it fell into left field, the Cubs get no runs and a double play happens. So it was a very weird game. It was a very weird play. Yeah, I I didn't even know what to say. I had no clue what was going on until neither did the announcers. So yeah. You really had to wait for the umpire's call to know what was yeah. going on. Uh, I, I was I was listening and the, you know Pat Hughes said oh the fielders collide and the ball falls and then he was just like and there was silence they said and a run comes in and then they were trying to figure it out and then all of a sudden Ron Coomer said I think they're gonna call this a double play and I thought what so yeah, it took like ten minutes to really figure out what was going on because 
on the side, you had two players who were hurt. You had to wait for them to recover. So in the meantime, everyone was trying to figure out what happened. And I think Tommy's family did stitches for that collision. For the- yeah, Kim's head ran into fan's jaw. And I don't know if yeah. you saw the video, but... I did. I did see it. A fam going back into the dugout. He was trying to argue with someone. He was going after someone, I think. Well, I think he thought it was his ball. He might have. I I didn't. I don't know if anyone called it though, and I'm assuming no one did because Kim is just going back, and they just run right into each other. They didn't see each other at all, so I'm assuming no one called it. Yeah, so the Cubs get no runs on that play, which is really strange. Any other like any other time? Well, they had so you had no. They had no clue what was going on. So no, that makes sense. Really. So anyway, uh, yeah, the Cubs get no runs, and at the time you're kind of thinking like that could be a really key play in the game because you don't want to lose any possible runs that you may have had. But it turns out that Albert Alzale was able to pitch just fine. He shut the Padres down. In this outing, he went five innings, uh, struck out seven. Another really impressive outing. Um, So, Adber Alzali gets... We debuted... I debuted Adber Alzali last night. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a new thing. Expect that every five days. Expect Wide Hindo every five days. Just the day before Alzali. Um, yeah. So we got a thing going here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if someone wants to make a Kimbrel one. Um, I think someone is, actually. Well, we'll see. Um, I didn't I didn't make that. I didn't make that um, meme. I, I, I've explained this to like 10 people now. They've been asking me, you know, how did you do it? Because, you know, you made the Elzawide meme. And... Um, Someone was making the camera mean so so people have been asking, you know, where did you get this? Where'd you get that? All I had was the video of Hendrix just walking, like with some music in the background. Um and it was like just that three second video and all that's all I had. And that was basically all the meme was last year. If you scroll back to my posts from last year, it's just that three second clip. But then when he returned in um twenty twenty one I decided to make it you know, embellish it a little bit. So everything leading up to that part where he's walking and he and he goes from regular Hendo into wide Hendo, um, all of that is like mine. So, but yeah, it's become a thing now, it seems. It's all over Twitter and it's fun. Yeah, uh, not as easy for me as it was for you because it took me a couple hours to make and it took you like five minutes or something. So. Yeah, it was, I don't know <laughs> I was surprised at that, um, but I think it's just because I was downloading the clips and editing them as I went. Yeah, I didn't have them all prepared. Yeah, that'll that'll definitely uh, take some time. But um, anyways, uh, where were we? Elsley, he shut him down again. Really, an ace-like performance. Uh, Which he could be. He could someday. be. I mean, he's. He's a little young for right now, in my opinion. I think Hendrix is still the ace. Uh, of course, has... but some yeah, one one day he could be. Oh yeah, he's, he's he's got the stuff to be. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, so Elzele shuts down the Padres, and then uh, Anthony Rizzo in the next inning. I think it was the sixth. Actually, I think all this happened. The fourth inning is when that really weird play happened. The fifth inning, Rizzo comes up and drills a two-run double with a few guys on with two outs to put the Cubs ahead for good. That made it 3-1. to one. Okay, I forgot uh, the fourth inning, too. Patrick Wisdom got a check swing hit to right field. Yeah, that was really strange. He wanted that double so badly. And then uh, Ortega came up and hit a ground ball to Hosmer, and Rizzo's running home, and Hosmer bobbles the ball. So, slow run there, and that ties it up at one. Yeah, um, Eric Hosmer is really... I think he did that against the Astros, too, a couple years ago or something. He has not really worked out, in my opinion, for the Padres. He's kind of just... I mean, I remember when they signed him. They signed him in that, like, eight year... I don't remember how long it was. Eight years and... Hundred and... I want to say a hundred and, like... Thirty? I don't honestly remember, but they signed him. It was a lot. You know, it it was a lot. Um, They signed him kind of ahead of schedule before they were really contenders and everything, but um, he's not really living up to that contract, if I'm honest. Jason Hayward moment. Yeah, basically the Jason Hayward for them. Uh, He's still decent. Like, he still hits the ball pretty hard, and, you know, he can be a good fielder. But he's not, he's not he's not worth what they signed him. Nope. So um, yeah, in the next inning, get two runners on, and up comes Anthony Rizzo, and they decide to bring in a lefty to face him. Face him. Yeah, this was really strange. Um, he's not phased at all by it as he rips a two-run double to left field. Yes. Uh, Rizzo has officially returned. That was him announcing that he was back. He came off the injured list for game two, I believe, or game one. Um, uh, I don't think, yeah, they didn't put him on the injured list. But he was just no, yeah, they didn't put him game. on the injured list, but he was like out with a bad back for like a week. So it felt like he was on the injured list. But he comes back, gets that really clutch base hit, and um, puts the Cubs in front for good. And from there, it was just a matter of adding on to the lead and getting some insurance. Yeah, bottom of the seventh, Ian half rolls one to short, and Cronenworth bobbles a ball as another run scores as well, so it's two runs scored off of errors made by Erden. Yeah, I mean, I would say, I would say Tatis could have made that play, but based on his defense this year, I'm not so sure. <laughs> Tatis has been the worst defensive shortstop in the and nobody cares. And it's uh, that's I'll talk about this later. But it's just it's it I makes, just find it strange because just it's almost like nobody notices. I mean, he's terrible on defense. He's got like I'm not gonna look up any like advanced stats right now because I'm lazy and sitting in my hot bedroom. But also because you know I just I just don't feel like it. But um, he's got like fourteen errors, I think, or something, something or another like that. Um, I think it's fifteen. Fifteen. Well, he leads the league in errors. So this is like, 
he's not that good on on uh, defense. I mean, he's elite on offense, but he honestly kind of reminds me of Xander Bogarts. And I really, it's just so strange because I mean, it's true. You would think that like to be the best shortstop in baseball, you have to be good at both things. And the person, the the player I can think of that is good at both is Trevor Story. Yes. So in my mind, he's the best shortstop in baseball, not Tatis. And if Tatis improves his defense, then he will be the best shortstop in baseball. But as of this moment, he's not, in my opinion. I think he's up there, but I don't think he's the best because of his defense. I think his defense holds him back from the number one ranking for now. Yeah, he's going to need to improve that soon to be ranked one. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny because like, we, we always talk about Javi on here and you know, he asked for that $180 million deal, and we were saying, well, he's, you know, he's great on defense, but the offense is really, you know, kind of up and down all the time. And then with Tatis, it's almost like the the opposite. So he's great on offense, but the defense is really up and down. So And you see which player got paid more. So I think it's pretty clear which skill set is more valued among shortstops in today's game. It's the offensive yeah. part. Speaking of Javi, a few batters later, yes, he rips a two-run homer to left, which got out in a second. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a rocket. That was, well, that I think was, it was that almost killed someone. I think it was one eleven point four off the bat. Yeah, that insane. Um, wasn't high. Wasn't it? Wasn't high. Wasn't far. It just got out. Um. That's his. It was his third home run in three games. Third of the series. Um, after hitting two in year. game one. So, that was really fun. Uh, that made it six to one. Year. Yeah, that made it six to one with the Cubs ahead, and that was kind of the finishing touch on this sweep. Yeah, eighth inning. PJ Higgins finally got his first major league hit. Yeah, we already. Uh, did we already carry that? Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, I guess we already said that. But yeah, um, he wanted that. He wanted that uh, double. You know, you took that big turn around first. I thought that was kind of funny. Just you know, gets a base hit, and he's like, "Oh, I'm going for two. And then he's like, "Ah, oh, get it." He wanted and it. Crowd um, really got excited for that. Yeah, he was hyped. But who wouldn't be? Um, True. The best part of this whole series, in my opinion, if. Uh, I haven't really thought about this until now. We only had to use Craig Kimbrell once. So, he's definitely really rested. Yeah, I think it was because we used him a lot in the previous series. Yeah, um, because we lost lost the finale to the Reds in that series. That's our only loss in the last ten games. All the other ones have been wins. Um, We lost five to one. And we won game two of the Red Series 10-2. So the last time that we used him before the Padres Series was in the one nothing victory in game one. So he's, uh, he's definitely it, gotten some rest. And we, we only needed to use him one time in that series to exhaust the game. Yeah. Um, so... That's really key, considering that we have that big West Coast trip coming up with the Giants and the Padres and the Padres again. 
Um, but, you know, with the big time change and everything, and, you know, all that, that's so important because th- these games are going to be so critical for this team. They're going to really test them because the Giants, I don't know if they're going to, I don't know if the Giants can keep this up or not. As of right now, they're for real. We'll see how things look in like August, if the, where the Giants stand. But as of right now, the Giants are one of the best teams in baseball, and I think they're leading the NL West. So it'll be a big test, and we're going to need them. Yep, hoping to at least split the series. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. That'd be a that'd be a win in my eyes. Split. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. I guess one other thing we talked about here is uh, Brothers Wick and Nansen Winkler came into pitch. So, no runs among them for four innings. Dan Winkler pitched the last two. Kind of uh, shook up there in that ninth inning, but got out of it. Yeah, Dan, there's a reason I didn't improve, I uh, didn't include him in that uh, post I had about the bullpen. For those of you that follow on Instagram, um, I recently made a post about the bullpen, and it was it was pretty good. If I do say so myself, it was when they were on that uh, thirty-eight inning uh, scoreless inning streak, and I had like I had him as an option to put him on the like to put him on the in the graphic, and then I thought, you know what, I'm not I'm not gonna do that because. I don't know. He just he seems to get into like trouble, and then he just works his way out of it. And I really feel like the wheels are gonna fall off at some point. So I just kind of left him off, just because I don't know. He gives he gives me some sweaty palms whenever he comes in. Yeah, he does. Um, so, it's a good thing he didn't give up any runs there. He's always wild with his pitches, always throwing lots of balls, walks. Yes, um, the bullpen, let's see. Um, so, statistically, from May, we have the best bullpen in baseball. Yeah, uh, that is, I've been thinking about this a lot, you know, because we've, we've wrapped up with the uh, Padres series. The Cubs won 6-1, um, to one. bullpen was great, but I've been thinking about this. I'm not sure if you remember this or not. Do you remember in 2019... You know, the Cubs got off to that bad start. They were 2-7, and seven, and then they went on that really, like, long hot streak through May. They were, like, 22-7. and seven. They swept the Cardinals. Chris Bryant had a walk-off homer against the Marlins at Wrigley. Um, it was the first year I actually had the uh, Cubs Legion account going, but back then it was called, like, Cubs Revolution or something like that. Um, I remember they, they swept... They swept St. Louis. Uh, Taylor Davis had a grand slam in that series. I remember that. Yeah, they went on that big hot streak, and then they cooled off, and they had, like, a losing month of July, I think, and then they just kind of went 500 and died at the end of the year. Um, But I was thinking recently, I thought, you know, the timing of this hot streak is very interesting because it takes, you know, it follows almost the same blueprint. You know, the Cubs get off to a slow start, then they get really hot. They take a series from the Cardinals. And, you know, everyone seems to be doing really well. But I thought the key difference here, and this is something that gives me some optimism that maybe that they can ride out this hot streak a little while longer than the 19 team, 
is that a lot of these wins have come without like a third of our lineup. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and the and the bullpen has been yep. incredible. Whereas we in twenty nineteen, we didn't have a closer in twenty nineteen. No, we didn't. Kimball and yeah, I mean we had Pedro Strope. And like you were saying, it takes a few years for that pitching lab to start working. I think we're finally seeing the results. Yeah. Um, I think this is legit. I do too, and I really do think that that alone gives me reason to believe that this can continue. Because unlike the, you know, in 2019, we, we went on that hot streak, and that hot streak is actually what ended up getting us Craig Kimbrell. Because I remember we signed him... Like, during that time, like, during that time, that was when the first rumors began to spread, like, oh, the Cubs are interested in, you know, Craig Kimbrell and uh, might sign him and everything. And they signed him because of that hot streak. And by the time he actually came to the Cubs, because he missed, like, half the season, because no one signed him in the offseason, he had to, like, train and everything. So he missed, like, half the season. By the time he came to the Cubs, um, they were, like, 500. But... That um, stretch got us Craig Kimbrell, actually. But unlike that 2019 team, I really feel like this bullpen is elite and can really last. Um, The 19 club had an okay bullpen. It really failed in September. It never really felt like they were going to put up zeros all the time like they're doing right now. And I don't think that the bullpen we have right now is just going to throw scoreless innings for the rest of the season. But it's very promising. I'll say that much. Yeah. Um, we've, we were talking about it a few seconds ago, pitching lab yet again. Uh, so, I, yeah, it really does give you hope. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I don't think I've ever been as more optimistic about the team any other year as this year, other aside from like 2016. Well, I remember being pretty optimistic about them in 2018. Um, I remember thinking to myself, I've said this a billion times. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I really did love the 2018 team. They had all those comeback wins and everything. And I really did think, especially like before the season, when we signed Darvish, I know Darvish didn't pitch at all basically at all during that year. But I remember being really optimistic, and I thought we were going to win the pennant again in 2018. So, um, And I was I was a little too young in 2016 to really understand, like, hype. So when they just started playing, I was like, oh, the Cubs are on. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to say that this is probably the most optimistic I've felt about the team now and about its future since around that time. Since like around 2018, 17, that sort of stuff, when I really started to get into it deeply, like I am now. So, yeah, I agree with you on some level. All right. Um, so, come sweep the Padres at Wrigley. Yeah. Now we move on. Yeah, it really is. So, now we move on to four games in San Francisco. Yeah, uh, this is going to put us to the test, for sure. This is going to be the hardest test yet, because we don't really win on the road like we do at home. Um, and we oh. will have 
nine and one in our last ten coming into this series. So let's hope for that hot streak to continue. Yeah, I mean, I am really, you know, Davies and Arietta are going in the first two games, and to be quite honest, if we split the series, you know, I feel like those two games are really can go either way. I don't have much confidence in Arietta. If we can split the series with the Giants, I would consider that as good of as good as a sweep, because, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean that may not sound I mean, exactly. Uh, I don't know what I'm saying, but it it doesn't. I it do doesn't, agree. Yeah, it doesn't it does, sound optimistic, but yeah, that's what I'm expecting. Sweeping team, leading their division. One of the best records in baseball. It's even splitting a series with them does feel just as good as a sweep because yeah. you're facing a team that's doing that well. And I'm sure they'll feel the same way about us, considering how hot we've been doing. Yeah, um, I don't really, I don't honestly know the whole story of the Giants this year. I don't really know what makes them go. Um, I'm not sure if it's the pitching or if it's the hitting or if it's both. Because, you know, with the Dodgers, you go in and you're thinking, okay, we got to face Kershaw and Bueller and Bauer. So it's the pitchers we got to worry about. With the Padres, it's, you know, it's a little more towards the hitting side, especially in the past series. Because um, you got Tatis, uh-huh. Hosmer, that sort of thing. But I don't really know what the Giants' strength is. Um, I think they're just off to a really hot start with their old players that haven't really done well in the last couple of years, like Posey, Longoria. Oh, I see. Because, you know, those, they're doing really good. <laughs> you know, they got these other starters too that, you know, they're good, but, you know, they're not Cy Young's like DiStefani, Wood, uh, Gosman. They're doing pretty well. But DiStefani has not done well his last couple starts, so maybe this is uh, time for them to go back to normal. Maybe. I remember uh, Alex Wood was on the Dodgers in 2017. He threw, uh, he pitched in the World Series. I remember he was perfect for like five innings and gave up a George Springer home run. Um, I don't remember if the Dodgers won that game or not. But, yeah. So I think those top three guys up there in that rotation are really... So, it's really just a matter of are they going to continue to play above their expectations or not. Well, let's see who they've faced. Davies today. We've got... Yeah. Um, Johnson. Who have they faced? Uh, let's see. Um, oh, boy. I'm like looking at the whole... All right, so they just faced uh, the Angels. Um, they they were off yesterday, I think. They faced the Angels. They took three out of four from the Dodgers. Before that, they were against Arizona. And then they were against the Dodgers again. They lost that series. Then they faced the Reds, the Pirates, and then the Rangers as far back as May 11th. So their schedule has really involved no one that good except for L.A., who we slept. So, Granted, L.A. has probably had bottom five pitching this year. Their pitching has been horrible. 
who? Angels. Angels. I like oh, angels. yeah, them, yeah. Um, the Giants scored. It was a short little two-game set, it says. Um, the Giants scored six runs and eight runs in each game, and they shut them out six to one and eight to one. Um, they didn't shut them out, but you know what I mean. They shut them down. Um, and then against the Reds, that was the game where they scored 19 runs. Uh, 19 to four, four to nothing, and four to two, four, six to three. Oh, they swept them! Wow, four game sweep of the Reds. Jesus. All right. Um. Well, uh, we got Davies going in game one against Steve Pafani. Yeah, and Davies is riding a hot streak right now. I believe his ERA for the month of May was under two, like one point seven two or something. Yeah, it's something like that. Um. It hasn't, it hasn't seemed like he's pitched that well, but that's what the stats say. Uh, so he's facing Di Sclafani, former Red. Yep. So, like I was saying, been good this year, except he's had a bad last couple of starts. So we'll just have to see if we can win this one. Take advantage. Well against him. Um, but Davies, you know, never really have a lot of confidence in him. Uh, no, me neither. And we've said that like the last three times that he started, but it's true because yeah. in every start that he's had, I don't care if he's won it or not, it seems like he gets into trouble and that he gets out of trouble. Um, I hope for more of the same in this series. Uh, yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, things are things are going their way right now, so maybe. Um, I'd love to get a win tonight, but um, it really all comes down to who hits better, in my opinion, because Davies isn't Davies isn't, Davies isn't going to shut anyone down or overpower anyone, and I don't think Disclafani is going to do anything super special, so. And like you said, he's been struggling, so I'm going to say the Cubs. Uh, the Giants have a bad bullpen. I just remembered that. That is key. The Giants. I remember the Dodgers commentators. They had that game a few nights ago. Austin Barnes hit that big home run in the ninth inning. The Dodgers lost. But I remember um, the Dodgers. Or opposite of the Cubs. Sir. Exactly. So... That so really, is all all you need the yeah. Cubs starters to do is give five solid innings of one, maybe two runs. Yeah, and then um, turn it over to the pen. Go Chafin to Para Kimbrel, and that that seems to work out. Um, yeah. So um, this is pretty hard to predict. This is a pretty evenly matched series, if I do say so myself. I agree there. Well, I think the Cubs, if it if it's close in the late innings, I think the Cubs have the advantage. So, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the Cubs win tonight, like five to two. Five to two or five to three? Five two? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. I I think 
Davies can, if he can work out of trouble. Maybe. We'll have to see if he does that. If if he blows up or whatever, and it's like eight nothing, I'll I'll be wrong. Very late games for these next two. Yeah. Um. I don't know about this whole coverage thing. I might have to just do that in the morning after the game. Because it's on the West Coast. Yeah, we'll be starting at almost 10 p.m. Eastern, so games will be over at, like, 1. But I'll still do it. I'll still be up. I don't have anything going on. <laughs> so, game one, Davies, this the funny. You predict, what, what was it, 5? Five, 5 one. Uh, I said, like, 5-2. Okay, 5-2 win for the Cubs. Yeah. I'll say the Giants win the first game, 5-4. Okay. All right. Yeah. It just depends on how the pitchers do and how the hitters do. Starting pitching, if Davies is doing well, good. If he's not, then we're probably screwed. But we'll see. Um, So, game, moving on to game two now. We got Jake Arrieta on the mound, and TBD is going to be pitching three games in a row for the Giants now. Wow. Well, that's very nice of them. That just completely fucks up our predictions. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I'm a they have a set rotation. I don't know why they aren't just putting more pitches out there. Based on the order of the way that the rotation went last time, I'm assuming it will go Arietta. Uh, I think Williams is still on the 10-day IL. So Arietta, Stewart, and then Hendricks. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that that's seems right. Uh, all games, that's right. Okay, so I'm going to say the Giants are going to win this one just because I don't really think we're going to sweep anyone. I don't think we're going to sweep these guys. Um, okay. And I feel like this is the game that, that the Giants will win. Arietta had a horrible month of May, and he's really turned into a uh, weak link. In a rotation that is really up in the air. He has really not done us a lot. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it was just a May thing for Arietta. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, I mean, the so, Cubs, the Cubs don't win at home. So, I, oh jeez, no, the Cubs don't win on the road. They don't win as much on the road as they do at home. Is what I mean. So I feel like mm-hmm. you know we're not going to sweep them. So I think Arietta probably takes the loss in game two. And I think the Giants win this one like seven to three. Seven to three. Yeah. Uh I'll say the Cubs lose again by the same score the first game, five to four. Hmm. Hmm. Well, alright. So we I have them splitting the first two and you have them uh losing the first two. Mm-hmm. Moving on to game three now. Game's a couple hours earlier, so that's all. That is nice. Paul Stewart on the mound for us. And yet again, we have no clues pitching for them. Um, all right, I'm going to say, I don't know. Um, the Giants have never faced Paul Stewart before. And I would, I would bet good money that not a lot of teams in the league if you told them, hey, Cole Stewart's going to face you tomorrow, and they were like, all right, cool, 
and they tried to pull up video on Cole Stewart, I'm not sure they would find anything. So, I mean, you would find one start that he just made against the Padres. Um, that's probably not a lot to go on. Um, I think the Cubs will win this one. I think they'll win this one like 3-2. Three 3-2. To two. Three to two. I think Stewart has a good outing. He might run into some trouble with some of the veteran hitters on the Giants, you know, those old World Series guys. But I don't know. I think he'll do good. I think he's got a little bit of a head start right now, at least okay. until, you know, people start to figure him out and he starts to pitch a little bit more. So we'll see. But I'll I think see. Cubs win. I'll say the Cubs win 4-3. All right. A lot of one-run games. <laughs> yeah. But it'll change for this fourth game. Finally get a day game or a little bit of day. So it's at 4 Eastern. Okay. So we got Hindo on the mound for us. Yes. And still uh, don't know who's pitching for them. So I guess just make your prediction. Oh. I'm going to say the Cubs... Win the game eight to five. Eight to five. Eight to five. It's a really weird game. Hendricks doesn't have his best outing, but uh, bullpen hangs in there, and the offense takes advantage. And yeah, I think it'll be that sort of game. Wrap it up. Okay. Well, the Cubs win five two. Okay. All right. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, so you haven't taken three out of four, and I haven't split them. Do I have them taking three out of four? Oh, I do have them taking three. All right, well, three out of four is optimistic. Um, Davies can honestly go either way. Could be two out of four, could be three out of four. Could uh, be four out of four. Yeah, could be four out of four, for all we know. I mean, we're the same people that picked the Cubs to win one game against the Padres. So... Maybe we should just copy each other now and then we'll sweep every series. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so we have some awards for the month. Yes. It's that time. Yes, it is. Um, All right. So monthly awards for May. We'll just go by... Uh, Things I have on my post. Yeah, categories. So, best hitter, I had Chris Bryant again. Yeah, alright. Um, I am going to say Chris Bryant. Uh, I think he's got a 13-game hitting streak going for him in games that he has played. Yeah, I think he does. I can't remember if it got broke up in that one game. But... I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, Chris Bryant for best hitter of the month. Two months in a row for me. I think for you, too, obviously. Mm-hmm. And best starter. This this could have went either way for me. It was definitely between Alzai and Hendricks, but I went with Hendricks on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Alzai. That works. Like I said, either one. It, it was really tough to pick. I feel like Elzelay was a bit more dominant, a bit more in control. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'll go with Adbert. 
And now we, now we move to best reliever. And I'm picking Brian Tapera, who won yeah. reliever of the month for the NL. Yeah, uh, unanimous reliever of the month, Mr. Ryan Tapero. I think he allowed one earned run. Mm-hmm. Showing why he uh, got the MVP vote last year. Yeah, he, got that, he didn't get an MVP vote for no reason. That's what he So All we right. both got Tapero. Yeah. Um, and the most surprising performer, I went with Keegan Thompson. Yeah, most surprising. I'm going to say, I don't know. I'm going to say Sergio Alcantara. Um, It could could be like uh, three of the guys that they called up. could be Wisdom, Alcantara, or Ortega. Because they called him up just as like to have someone there in the field because they were running so low on players. But Sergio Alcantara... Uh, he made his major league debut last year with the Tigers, and I didn't really think he was going to do much. I thought he was just going to kind of, you know, he's going to bat like nine, come up, not not hit, maybe field once or twice, um, and that would be it. But no, he's really been doing very well. Uh, he did really well in the Padres series, um, and he, I don't know, I think I think he's making a case to at least have another shot. At some point in the future, it's a bit of a uh, recency bias pick, but I, I he was very surprising. Indeed, he was. All right, so I had Thompson, you had Alcantara. Yep. And last but not least, most disappointing, I picked Wilson Contreras. Had one homer on the month with a six seventy four OPS, just below average on every hitting metric. Well, didn't he hit one, like, two days ago? Or did you count that? No, that was on the second game, so that was 1st of June. Okay. Um, most disappointing. Uh, hmm. Um, geez. I don't really know about this one. Um, I don't know. They all did well. Uh, I'll say um, Jake Arrieta. So, yeah, I thought uh, Jake Arrieta was the most disappointing just because, like, you know, he had a really he had a really bad May. I know we signed him for depth, but, um, you know, I didn't expect him to be that bad. I think he gave up, like, something something like 13 runs in 19 innings. Um, yeah, I think it was 13 runs in 19.1, I want to say. Yeah, it was not good. Uh, hopefully, it's just a May thing, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. So, that's who I would have for most disappointing. So, I guess that wraps up the awards. Yeah, that wraps up awards, so... Now we'll move on to questions. Questions, yes. We didn't get we didn't get a whole lot, but we did get some. Um I got a lot more than I actually got a Oh, alright. Um you got a few here. Yeah. I uh we have two from this man named Thomas Henry. Um 
So he's, I don't really know. I, I think he follows me. I'm not sure. Um, so first we have one from um, Ben, 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 G, Cubs <laughs> fan, something, some guy with a Cubs profile picture. He says, realistic trade deadline targets if we are still contending. All right. Let's think about this. I was thinking about this. I believe, I believe I was talking about it in the last episode. Uh, there yeah, are a little pictures bit. Pictures I missed. A little bit. You were talking about uh, it just a bit. Yeah, uh, my answer would be Kyle Gibson, uh, Matthew Boyd. I swore there was one more. Uh. Pineda, Boyd, Gibson. It was another starter. Um, I'm not. I don't remember. Um, gosh, I'm not really sure. It was so brief. Um, hmm, I don't remember. Um, what I do remember is that earlier today I saw a headline that said Jed Hoyer, um, was talking to the media and he basically said, like, if we're still in the position to buy at the deadline, the money will be there for acquisitions. Yeah. He said, he said something like, we are a bit ahead of schedule with the whole financial projections plan just because attendance has opened up so quickly and um, the vaccine rollout has been so good. So he said, um, we actually have more flexibility than we thought we were going to have, which is the first good financial news for the Cubs in like, I feel like since 2018. But um, so that's yeah. good. So that means that money won't be a problem. Um that does not, however, mean that we will get anyone big because as we saw the entire offseason, their entire direction was pointed towards rebuilding the farm system, rebuilding for the future, all that. They basically said, we're going to put the, we're going to put a team, a team out on the field. If they do well, that's great. If they don't, we're just going to sell it off and we're going to build for the future. And I think they're doing a little bit better than they ever thought that they would. So they're kind of stuck because if you buy, who are you going to trade to get someone, whether it be a pitcher or something? Because pitchers are always expensive at the deadline. So who are you going to trade? Well, you know, you can't, you can't trade, you know, you can't trade like your top prospects anymore because that's not what you're doing. You can't in there too high up in your... That's why I was kind of shooting towards trading for uh, an older guy that's still performing well to where you yeah. don't have to give an overload of prospects for him. It's just like it's such a hard it's such a hard it's such a hard problem because if you buy you give up something, whether it be high or low or whatever in your farm system or whatever that you give them. You give up something right after you just said, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to build on the farm system. If you buy, you basically say we're going to go for one more time with this core. Um, but if you don't buy, you waste wasting um your last year with, you know, Baez and Rizzo and Bryant, because um, 
you know, they're free agents after this year. So, you know, and you don't know if you're going to get all of them back. Um, but at the same time, you know, they, they have to be thinking to themselves, well, you know, if we trade them, we could get some stuff back for them, for the farm system. So I think they're just kind of in a bad position right now because they, they're probably not really sure what to do or what avenue to take because, um, I don't know, it's just, it seems like no matter what you do, you risk, like, losing something else. If you buy, you give up something, and then if it doesn't work out, then, you know, you've, you've just kind of, like, I guess, wasted something or whatever. Um, and if it does work out, you know, then that's great. But then, you know, you give up something. And then if you don't buy, you know, that's another year gone without these guys. You don't have next year with Brian Rizzo and Baez insured. And if you sell off, you know, you're probably turning the fans and the rest of the team against you. So, I don't know. I mean, it all depends on how they do this month, I feel. If they do really well, if they do really well um, and continue to win, then I think that they will buy at the deadline. If they don't, I think they'll sell, and I think we'll see a lot of prospects come into the system. But it all really depends on this month, and that's why the big uh, series, the that's why the series against the Giants is so big. Yeah, and I think that pretty much answers the buy or sell question that you got. Uh, yeah, um, I didn't mean to like take away I, from what you were gonna say, but I don't know. That was just my perspective. Yeah, so it's, I don't know, it's basically you can't have a set option yet because, you know, if we do keep performing like this, then we should obviously try and go out and get a decent pitcher. But if not, then it would probably be best to sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no standing pat this year. You don't have, like, if this was last year or something, you could just say, well, you know, we have next year with Brian Rizzo and Baez, but you don't have that this year. So, yeah, I mean, the best part of all of this is that they seem to be actually really happy with where they're with where they are financially, because I think that they thought like, I don't think they thought the attendance was going to go up this fast. So at the very least, if we don't buy or sell, and these guys walk away and we don't win a ring or whatever this year, you know, the, you know, Brian Rizzo and Baez become free agents. It seems like we will have, you know, the funds to extend one of them or something or keep them. And that that's, that's my favorite part of all this is the whole money aspect of it. Yeah. Good news on that front. Um, all right. And Thomas Henry asks, will the hot streak last? Oh, well, it's being put to the test this month. Oh, sure. uh, yeah. Uh, Off to a good start. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a sweep of I the think, Padres, definitely. I think, this, I think this giant series is really going to do the teller. Yeah, it's going to test them for sure. Um. Yeah, we, we talked about this earlier in the episode. I think the fact that the bullpen has been really good um, and the fact that Bryant and, uh, has been performing basically the whole year and that their stars, Rizzo and Baez, are going along at a pretty good rate. Um, 
I think that means that it it should they should continue to like I mean they're facing a good team so I don't want to I don't want to like say like oh well they're gonna win no matter what but like they sh- they should continue to play well they should continue to have a chance to win every day so I'll say that mm-hmm. um, it all comes down to this Giants series much like it all came down to the Cardinals series like two weeks ago it took two out of three um, so yeah I'm going to say yes. For now, we will see where they are later on. And you predicted to take uh, three out of four against Giants. I predicted a split, so either one, I think, would still mean the streak is going on. Uh, yeah. Um, All right. Uh, you saying something? Uh, no. Uh, I think that's it. That's all the questions I got. All right. I got a few here. All right. I, <laughs> I don't know. Some of these are not. Sometimes people don't take them seriously. There's a lot of people that like to joke around. Yeah. I know. I'll just add Burr Alzali over everyone. Yes. Uh, what was the question? One really question you saying Adver Alzali is better than everyone. Yeah, at the at the present moment, yes. And <laughs> this is just a yes, no question. It's not anything related, but it's a hot dog sandwich, no. No, it's not. It's not a sandwich. Um I'm I'm sad people think that. Yeah. And um I guess this one I don't know anything about it, but I don't know if you do either. It says, is there any WWE star you would have on the Cubs? I don't know anything about uh, WWE. Uh, I don't know anything about it either. I'm assuming that they asked that because apparently Logan Paul is going to fight someone else. Hmm. Uh, well, I'm <laughs> going to say this right now. Since we're at like the end of this, or getting towards the end of this, I'm going to say one thing about the whole WWE thing and Logan Paul, I'm going to say that I hope Logan Paul gets over, gets so overconfident in himself that at some point in the future, he decides to try to fight Mike Tyson. Because that would honestly be the greatest thing ever. See Mike Tyson just smack Logan Paul around, but that's unrelated. Yeah. Um, Not a fan of the guy. No. But if, if any WWE star can pitch and have some stamina, then put them on the Cubs right now. Yes. Starting rotation job. Um, oh, um, oh, never mind. No, that wasn't a question. That was something else. Um, okay. So that, is that all the questions you have? Oh, I got, <laughs> oh, one, two, five more. All right. All right. Let's go, address. The, yeah, let's go with the serious one. Yep. Address the fact that all we have to do to win the mission is one out the rest of the year. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, this kind of goes back to the whole will the hot streak last? 
Yeah. Um, so it's along the lines of that. Whether we can keep forming well against good teams, which I say this a lot, and it really does. It's weird how we do so well against good teams and then just don't know what we're doing against bad teams. I don't get it. Well, we swept the Pirates, so. Yeah. You know, we have that, I guess. So, um, I guess. I guess that does go along the lines of whether the hot streak will continue. So, if it does, then we can win. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. Um, Flaherty's going to have to be out for a while. So, I mean, I need to win every single game then. This is a weird division. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, we talk, uh, The NL East, honestly, is kind of what I thought the NL Central was going to be. Um, a bunch of teams that are like 500. Yeah. I think the NL East is separated by three games. The Braves doing terrible. Something like that. Hey, um, if we do Braves make the playoffs and get a face the Braves in the first round, we might actually win that series. Yeah, unless it's at Truist Park, in which case we never <laughs> seem to win there. But um, if it's at Wrigley, then yeah, I really do think that we could win. But that is a long way off. Um, yes. The Braves really underperforming massively. Um, just sad to see. Not sad at all. Um, yeah, it's kind of like the twins this year. Yeah, just surprising. I mean, they whole they had the whole Marcelo Zuna thing, which was not great. Um, Marcelo Zuna was arrested for domestic violence. And um, yeah, so they just signed him to a four-year deal. So who are they going to play him left now? I don't Maybe. know. Maybe them make a big trade at the deadline. And... Yeah, um, that would be something. If we were still losing, I would say that they could just trade for Bryant, but that seems to be off the table as of this moment. Yeah. All right, so this is the last question about division contending and all that um so says if the cubs have an above 500 june you think they're serious contenders if the cubs have an above 500 record do i think they're serious contenders above 500 in june oh um well i mean i mean how many games do we typically play in a month like let's say that we play 23 or something 27 Uh, 26 are playing 28 this month. Okay. So if we go 15 and 13, probably not. But um I don't know. I mean if we have another extremely good month and we uh split the series against the Giants, do well against the these teams that we have, I believe after the Giants series, we have the Padres in San Diego, then we come home. For the Cardinals at Wrigley Field, then we go back to um, out to New York for the Mets. Then I think we go to L.A. So we have uh, a very tough. We got Miami up. and Cleveland in between that. Uh, okay. 
Then well, we go to LA and then we go to Milwaukee. I see. So this is undoubtedly the hardest month of the year. Yeah, and it's good we're getting it out of the way now because imagine if we had this at like September. Yeah, and it also really good going into the year with this hot streak we're on. Yeah, I mean, imagine if we had this in like September and we were doing really well. Oh, and, you know, we thought, oh this is going out. This is going well. And then we faced all these teams and just sucked and collapsed again. Um, that would not be good. So we're going to find out this month, whether they're buyers or sellers, and if they finish over 500, let's say that they finish like, oh, uh, say that they go 17 and 11, then yeah, I think that they could contend for at least the division title. Um, I mean, they would have proven that they had beaten pretty much everyone that was hard in the in the National League, and after that, it would be a bunch of probably a bunch of games against the Phillies, Marlins, and whatever is left in the NL West, which would be the Diamondbacks and Rockies. So, yeah, I think if we have a good month, then uh, I think we'll be good. I think we'll be sitting pretty. So. Yep, I agree with that. Um, not sure how much over five hundred. It would take. Um, uh, yeah, like I said, if it's like a game over five hundred, then no, not really. <laughs> you know, but if it's, I don't know, if it's like four games over five hundred, four, three or four, then yeah, I think so. Seventeen and eleven, that'd be a good month. That'd be great. Almost yeah. as good. May. Yeah, May was insane. We went, I think, 19 and 8. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the best record in the NL, I believe. I'm not sure about the whole league, but I believe we were for the NL. Yeah, that was the best month of May the Cubs have had since uh, 1977, I believe. And So, yeah. All right. So that wraps up all the division and contending. Now I move on to some others. There's a few more. Okay, do you think Chris Bryant is a top five third baseman? Top five, wow. Um, hmm. Think about that one. I'm going to say yes. This year, yes. I believe he's number five. Yeah. This year, this year, I, if we're basing it off of just this year, he's number one. But yeah, on recent year into the year, I had him as I think I had him at ninth going into the year. You know, third base is a really stacked position. Yeah, it is. It always is. Yeah. Um, Basing it off the few last few years and this year, uh, I could see him being borderline top five. I mean, every year that he's been fully healthy, he's always produced. Exactly. So he's never been like he's never had like a season like. Um... And even in the year he was injured, twenty eighteen, he still had a 
really above average year. Yeah, I mean, he had a 900, uh, 902 OPS in 2019, and we know what he did in 15, 16, and 17. So every year that he is healthy, he's really good. And I think people forget about that. He's not like... Um, yeah, they do. They they really judge him harshly off that. That 34-game stretch in 2020. I feel like the whole thing with Cub fans against Chris Bryant really started back in 2018 when he got injured. And um, I think they... I'm not sure why. Maybe it was, the, maybe it was how that year ended. But um, they really just started putting all their problems and blame on him. It was ridiculous. Yeah, he missed what, around sixty games. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he was dealing with a shoulder injury. Um. So yeah, I think Chris Bryant is a borderline top five. I think he could be top ten. Um, in his entire career, I think he's probably number five. I think he's become a little underrated, to be quite honest. Yes, and he's proven wrong this year. Loving yeah, um, every bit of it. <coughs> yeah. Um, so people were just like, oh, he's just had a lucky one month or whatever. But through over two it. months, his WRC Plus is still standing around 170, 175. Yeah. So. Um, Chris Bryant hasn't played third base since April 20th when the Cubs were 6-9. and nine. Interesting. Well, that's interesting. Um, that's right around. Then they won. Then they keep swept the Mets. Man, keep that man on. Yeah, he does really well in the outfield. Um, Duffy took over third. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so keeping him off of third base seems to help us win for some uh, yeah. reason. But we've really had no else. choice lately with all the injuries. Um, yeah, and <laughs> working out as proven. So, yeah, at this point, why put him back? And he even said that he likes playing the outfield more. Yeah, uh, I think that was their original plan after 2016. Actually, they thought like, all right, we're gonna put him in the outfield now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like the outfield more than the infield when I'm playing. So, yeah, uh, he said, really hurts his legs getting into that position at third. Yeah, and uh, there's something else that would have hurt his legs. He used to get to his stance, but really doesn't bend down that much. As much as he used to. Yeah. Um, so Chris is definitely doing well. And I think. An Arenado. Yeah. Yes, he is. This year, yes. And they keep saying, oh, he's not going to be on your team in July. And I. He might be, guys. He might be on the Cubs in July. Um. So, anyway, best third baseman in the Central is still Chris Bryant. And uh, I think that is 
all. Um, that's all we have. I got two more. You didn't have any injuries. Two more questions here, actually. Oh, two more questions? All right. Um, same guy asks, you think KB will win MVP if he continues to play very well? Um, well, he's playing very well. I don't think he's going to win MVP because I think he's, there's better players in the NL. He could. Um, if he plays at this level the whole year, he'll definitely be in the running for it. But I think, you know, Tatis and, um, those other guys probably have a leg up in the race yeah. this year. Um, he could. He never. The voter. Pick. I guess. Where. Yes. So he, um, it's an all. He probably like, like I said, Tatis. It's gonna be doing well. Just players that will pick to win. It's but. Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely some bias with guys like Tatis, and uh, he'll probably win the MVP, unfortunately, even though he just doesn't deserve it. But all right, so last question. Yeah. Last question here. All right, this is a tough one. Keep one, trade one, and cut one between Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant. Oh boy. Keep one, trade one, cut one. Oh, jeez. Um, yikes. Um, I'm going to say... Oh, my God. I can't. This is unfair. Um, it would be better if this was, like, start, bench, cut. Because then he could keep doing Then he could keep doing them. It but, is. but you have to trade one, cut one, and keep one. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard it like that before. I just okay. heard a start bench uh, cut. So this is enough. Uh, I know what the answers are. but All right. The right answer is keep Chris Bryant, trade Javier Baez, and cut Anthony Rizzo simply because Javier Baez has more trade value. Chris Bryant is the better overall player, and and Anthony Rizzo is just the odd man out. I'm really sorry, Riz. I still love you, but yeah, that is the right answer. So, yeah, yeah, playing the same one, uh, <laughs> as unfortunate as it is. Yeah, I would keep Bryant and Rizzo if I could, and just move on from Javi. But, yeah, that's what I would do. So, that's my answer to that question. That was a tough question. Shout, uh, good job to whoever asked that one. Yeah, it is a tough question to answer, but... Oh, well. So... 
Um, I think that's it for the questions. I'm not sure we had any news to report. Uh, Marisnik and Jason Hayward are going to rehab in Iowa, and they're going to join the Cubs tonight in San Francisco. So that is good. Yes. Keep to be honest. <laughs> I'm really liking this bunch of I don't even know, just everyone it's else that's on the Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe you can provide some defense. Um so I believe that wraps it up. Yeah, I think it does. All right. All right. Um, So we'll see you in in a few, five days. And I just got a Twitter. At at Sheriff Chafin. Go follow Legion on there, at Goat Rizzo. And, of course. Yeah, I have no closing. (laughs) I have a... I have no closing remarks. I just wanted to say that my throat is dry and I can talk and I can't talk. So. Good Get some water. <laughs> yes, I'm going to. So follow Twitter and as always our Instagram accounts at Cubs Win and Cubs Legion. See you back in four or five days.